Welcome to the Word of Christ, sermons from Pastor Sean Denzer, pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Great Bend, North Dakota, and Peace Lutheran Church in Barney, North Dakota. Alleluia! Christ is risen. Rogate is Latin for ask or pray, coming from Jesus' words in today's gospel. Ask in my name, and you will receive that your joy may be full. There's little doubt among the historians of the church this Sunday is intended to line up with the times of planting. This year, for better or for worse, it certainly does. Rain makes or breaks a crop, and even the most advanced technological planter has no button to control the rain. And farmers rightly pray because of it. At the same time, they also complain and worry and make contingency plans for the worst. They are the most faithful of people. And... I suppose along with the pastors, also the most faithless. Farmers are tempted just as much as the rest of us to work and to pray like the world does, without faith. Tempted to act as if everything, including God, depended on their work to get the crop in, rather than to seek first God's kingdom and righteousness, trusting that through Him alone everything else will indeed be added and worked out for our good. It's not that farmers are more worldly than you or I. It's only that they are more earthy. And thus, their struggle to trust God and to ask, as Jesus says, it's only harder for them to hide as we do. On the other hand, farmers have this great advantage over most of us. They are keenly aware that they live only by the Lord's mercy. Now the world might label them primitive since They still have such an intimate connection with creation, with the land, with the weather. And along with that comes a recognition that they are not in control of very much of it. That really is not primitive thinking, though. That is simply refusing to be deceived or bamboozled by all of the prowess of technology and human knowledge. The person working in a factory or sitting at a desk far removed from the everyday acts of God is rarely concerned with lightning or tempest or hail. But if ever a true calamity by fire or by water should strike us, well then we who are secluded from the whims of nature, are even more scandalized because of it. That's to say nothing of what we do when war comes, or bloodshed, or sedition, or rebellion. When disaster strikes, natural or man-made, God returns to the forefront, 
Sure, some people try to get him out of the way altogether, except without God, then it's only us who are left to be at fault. That's too hard a truth for most people to entertain. So instead, the questions of why ascend, and the answers start to pour forth, either accusing God or excusing Him. Either it's one man's sin was greater, so God has punished him, or, look, bad things just happen, God has nothing to do with it. And any atheists who are listening in are always quick to sharpen those questions and to exploit them. They do it as a scoffer does, though. If God is so all-loving, why does He allow all of this suffering? A question really ought not be answered because it tries to force us into this wrong thing, either to excuse God or to accuse Him. Well, He has good reason. And you know what? I think I know what that reason is. Or to say, well, God doesn't want these things to happen. But you know, sometimes they just slip through His fingers. No. In contrast to either of these ditches, dear saints, we do what godly Christian farmers have done for years, especially on these days this week set aside to pray, these rogation days. We pray the great litany. That is, we ask for everything from God. We admit that we are indeed at His mercy. And so we implore it from Him. No matter our line of work or our way of life, if we are Christians, we must become more primitive in our faith and our prayers. We must recognize ourselves to always be at God's mercy and thus to ask for it from Him anew each day and with confidence. And for cultivating such faith in us, I know of no better tool than that great litany, the one that we are praying again today. Ask for mercy. Approach the Father who has said that He loves you and beg that He spare us from this world's tribulation, from sorrow, from calamity, and from His judgment. Ask that He preserve and that He prosper the family, the church, the state. And do not ask whether it is the devil who causes these things or God. Because really, what difference would that make? Tell me, do you believe that the devil has just as much power as God? Or do you indeed believe what you have asserted so many times, that God really is in control? Well, if that is so, then address your prayers and your concerns and your worries to Him. Be at His mercy. And otherwise say, I don't know. That is how we assess the manifold changes and chances of this world. As last week's colleague said, I don't know. The Christian gets no secret additional knowledge about this world. We can't figure out the mind of God by watching the sky or the stars or examining the crops. 
Just remember the conclusion of the book of Job. Leave it to the rabbis to try and answer why bad things happen to good people. Let the atheists scoff. Let the Stoics stand resolutely on the sandy foundation of their own indifference. But we Christians, we will beseech the Father's mercy. For we know that that alone can make our joy full. Ask in my name, Jesus says. That's what makes the difference. That is how a farmer and every other sort of Christian flees from his or her own unfaithfulness to the Father of all mercies. Jesus Christ our Lord, He is where true joys can be found. We look at this world's changes and chances and we must say, I don't know what's going on. Likewise, we don't even know what to pray for as we ought. We hardly know how to pray any petition beyond gimme, daily bread. But in Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ we do know something useful. We know God's character. There we learn of a Father who spares no expense to spare us from our own destruction. In Christ we see without speculation or doubt that God is working all things together for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. We know this Because He gives His Son into death to redeem us. God, in no uncertain terms, broke through the mystery of a world subjected to futility and meaningless vanity to say something astonishingly clear. I forgive you. I have finished it. I draw you to myself. I will hear you. For I am slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Therefore, take heart. For I have overcome this world. Our prayers are uttered in that name of confidence. And the litany that we pray today makes this especially clear why that name. It is by Christ's incarnation by his nativity his baptism his fasting his temptation his blood and sweat and cross and passion his death and burial his resurrection and ascension by them we dare to ask the lord to help us and we are right to do it only the arrogant assume to approach god on their own terms That's usually with their own answers already on their tongues. But we ask the Father in Jesus' name. Because that is the only name under heaven by which we must be saved. And do notice that. It is not a maybe. It is not a now I don't know. But it is yes, amen, truly, truly, I say to you, saved. In this world, Jesus says that we will have tribulation. And by reason and sense, you will not often understand them or know why. 
But take heart for this reason. Jesus Christ has overcome the world. In His name, we are not simply at the mercy of some power, but we are under the merciful care of a Father. And despite the manifold changes and chances of this world, in Christ Jesus, we have a clear word and we have a promise. I work all things together for the good of those who love me, who I have called according to my purpose. Be confident, Jesus says, that the Father Himself loves you because you have loved me and you believe that I have come from God. Now, whenever our congregation prays the litany, I insist, and I do insist, that we do it the old way. And that is that the whole congregation gives their responses after each petition. I promise it's not just to fill up more time. But it is because that's the nature of a litany. It is to repeat incessantly the same prayer over and over again and to beseech God's mercy in these ways. And notice that my parts, the pastor's parts, they aren't even the prayers in the litany. Your parts are. You are the ones who get to say, Hear us, answer us, save us, spare us. Lord, have mercy. And God willing, someday we'll remember how to sing this prayer also. Now maybe the litany bothers you. It bothers my flesh too. Because I don't want to ask for these things. I don't want to ask anyone for anything. I don't want to admit that I am not in control. I, like the disciples, want to say, Ah, it's plain enough already, Jesus. I know that you know all things. You don't need me to keep questioning you. But do you see how that's directly in contradiction to what Jesus is teaching me? Jesus says ask. He says He wants us to ask the Father and to do it in His name by His saving person and work. That means that time spent in prayer is not wasted time. As surely as time spent here in God's Word is not fruitless either. So I lay it on you, dear congregation, as a pastoral burden to learn to love this prayer, the litany, Get into its rhythm. Find the petitions in it that speak to your vocation, whether that's planting and harvesting the kindly fruits of the earth or rearing children with increasing happiness, living as a widow, preserving our land in some way from discord and strife or whatever else. Learn to look forward to those petitions. If you're blessed to have more than one person in your household, pray it together, out loud, back and forth to each other. And consider also who else in your congregation, in your world, needs one or more of these petitions to be prayed for them also. And then, if and when disaster and tribulation should strike, when no one, including the pastor, has any idea what is going on. Nevertheless, you and I will know what to do. To ask. 
to pray the litany, to put ourselves continually at the Lord's mercy because He has overcome this world. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but freely gave Him up for us all, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? Alleluia. Christ is risen. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Word of Christ. You can find more sermons at verbachristi.blogspot.com and if you have need to contact Pastor Denzer, you can email him at pastor at denzer.org. That's P-A-S-T-O-R at D-A-E-N-Z-E-R dot O-R-G. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. Amen. <laughs>